0: you're listening to very loose women
1: get out of my way
0: You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. We're various Women and you've just heard Club Integral. I'm Emma. This is... Leo, and we're joined by Siobhan and Alex from Sex Workers Opera. On at not until the 29th of May. Hi guys. Hey.
2: Hey.
0: To start off, we want to know what is the Sex Workers Opera and how did it first start?
3: The Sex Workers Opera is a multimedia theatre show created and performed by sex workers and friends of sex workers. We are always 50% sex workers at all times, 50% friends of sex workers. It is a show that has been put together creatively led by sex workers about their lives, the lives of our community group in London and also the lives of sex workers all over the world came about because Alex and I ran a theatre company called Experimental Experience and we really believe that art has a moral responsibility to represent people in their own words and in their own terms.
2: We did a call out two and a half years ago, sending emails to over 400 global organizations, a lot of them sex worker-led, asking for stories and saying, we're interested in your story, whatever it might be, individual stories, and that they don't need to be happy, sad, tragic or triumphant. They can just be normal, human, everyday complex stories, whether funny or boring or whatever they might be, Um, just that we want your voice and also we want to include people who wouldn't be able to attend the workshops in London to ensure that we had as wide representation as we can and we've had over sixty-three stories to date sent in from seventeen different countries. A real diversity of people working in different forms of sex work and having had very different experiences of sex work.
0: So, why do you think this is an important topic, and what are you kind of aiming to show theatregoers, the public, through the performance?
3: What we're really hoping to do is break this uh, misconception and misrepresentation of sex workers in the media. You often find that media and the general public are extremely obsessed with sex work, very like titillated by it. They want to hear, um, and they want to know what's going on but essentially what what seems to happen is we have all these depictions of sex workers that are really two-dimensional and they're either depicting them as like very exotic creatures or very like tragic sad um harrowing creatures and we're trying to show actual depictions of sex workers that are made by sex workers themselves to kind of take that back and really show that sex workers are human which shouldn't need to be spelled out in such terms but it does need to be because at the moment it's extremely damaging these misrepresentations um, because the more people view sex workers as these very basic characters the more dehumanising it becomes and the more people do look at sex workers as these this other and that just plays into stigma which is very real and so we have members in our cast who have very real things happen to them like, like losing their homes because they've been outed as a sex worker, um, having problems with social services, things like that. Um, Not to mention the fact that stigma plays a really big role in uh, the laws that are made that are currently working not to protect sex workers at all. So, yeah, we believe that art has a really important part of that, what we hope to do with this, challenge people's preconceptions, I suppose.
2: There's lots of on-the-ground grassroots groups that have been tirelessly working for years to fight for better rights, for protection, for... Uh, somewhere for people to go to when they're having problems, for example, with the police or even with clients. But why we're taking on art and in particular opera is because opera has a long tradition of representing or rather misrepresenting sex workers, whether it's La Traviata, Madame Butterfly, so many others. It's been obsessed with sex workers, but nearly always in the words of rich old white men and always in this kind of very cliche, glamorizing tragedy Form that doesn't help anyone realize that it might be someone in your family or someone you know or work with might have at some point involve themselves in sex work in some way and i think that the culture consuming audience are often especially coming to the theater paying the theater ticket prices are often more influential people in society who who maybe are part of making policy who maybe are part of dictating the agenda and so we want to infiltrate the mainstream by coming to theater spaces and reclaiming those especially where theater is so obsessed with sex work and so often which i present it
1: stand up sit down
0: talking about it being an opera, would you describe it? Is it actually an opera? I guess maybe I don't know what the definition of an opera is. Or would you describe it as a musical?
3: It's funny, isn't it? We're definitely not the most experienced of opera... producers (laughs)
2: Producers. <laughs> producers no
3: not even remotely I feel like we use the term opera in kind of a playful way I mean it's true that we originally got support from the Royal Opera House in that they uh, subsidized a place on their course that they were doing at the time called Write an Opera so that's kind of like where it all all began but I mean, we do in the show, there's there's arias um, and there are operatic pieces, but um, we've also got jazz numbers. We've also got poetry. We've, we've got some spoken word. We've got projections. It's very much an amalgamation of forms. It's quite funny. It's, it's fun to play around with the idea of opera because of what Alex is saying about, you know, opera constantly using the sex worker. In their, in, their, in their lexicon. So I think it's it's fun to play around with that and also it just makes people stare a little bit. They're a bit like sex workers, opera, opera. what? Like as if, as if those worlds had never been, you know, conflated uh, yeah, before. Know yeah, it's it's so strange but it does make people sit up and have a look.
2: I feel like in the questioning of who should make art and who should get to make art, especially about marginalised groups, we can also start questioning the ivory tower institutions like opera, which yeah. is usually a very classical form that's very exclusive in terms of who can learn the music, study the composition, study the theatrics in order to be able to put it on in the first place. And so by breaking that form by being technically untrained but artistically our group are incredibly skilled and mm. diverse in their backgrounds that they bring to to the show that ends up being a i hope that you'll you'll agree when you, once you've seen it a roller coaster performance why should only x people with certain training be able to make opera it is is at the heart of our process artistically and that's why our workshops are always community-led they're always about community bonding and community experience first and foremost and then the kind of the art that's made as a result of that is important but it's not So important that, you know, we we put our our, our group through gruelling classical training in order to get there. We try and have fun and enjoy and learn from each other and learn from global groups. Which is why we Skyped a group in Singapore uh, of sex workers there and a group of sex workers in Chile in the last one. In order to just have a sense of solidarity, sisterhood, you know.
3: Alex raised a really good point there of us believing that art isn't just for a very privileged few and that's something that we're really trying to break that's something that's at the heart of what we believe as a theatre company you know and I think especially since the coalition government started and there were so many cuts towards the arts in general the arts and um, university education libraries Well, everything. But if you're specifically referring to the arts, it's become more and more that the only people who can actually afford to live a life of an artist are people who are going to be supported by their, their families. So that's what we're really trying to prioritize, the idea that anyone can make art. Anyone can make an opera. Everyone can sing. Everyone can dance. We've just kind of been discouraged out of it.
2: And and that's why it means a lot to us that the Arts Council have put their trust in us and allowed us to reclaim a bit of space and that platform. Uh, Darren Henley, CEO of the Arts Council, said that opera has to adapt or die um, if it wants to reach modern audiences, because I think that something like 25% of Arts Council funding goes towards opera, but it only produces 4% of their audiences, because obviously so many theatres are empty. Mm. And so, in that spirit, I think that we've responded to that challenge and said, hey, opera can be made by the people it's representing it can feature hip-hop alongside arias alongside jazz anthems alongside spoken word theater reportage physical theater and dance pieces uh, you know opera can feature a strip club in the middle of the show and then go back to an aria you know it's a and 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 i think that is in keeping with opera needing to modernize an art form
1: chained up and eating out of A minute
0: ago, I think, Siobhan, you raised the point that it's almost like prohibitively expensive to be an artist sometimes, like to kind of fund yourself on that. Um, And that kind of made me think it's also prohibitively expensive to consume art sometimes, like to come to the Mm theatre. So is there
3: a way that you you feel like we can address that or that you guys are addressing that? So we have done a couple of uh, deals where we can offer cheaper tickets and we also encourage, yeah, we also encourage an attitude of like, Maybe people can, you know, buy a ticket and give it to a friend or we run competitions and and promo deals and things like that. We really want, we also have concession rates, obviously, but we also really want as inclusive a crowd as possible to come to our shows. That's really important for us. The community seeing their stories being represented, this show is trying to make a group that's always felt very misrepresented feel like oh that's my story up there that's that's wonderful but also another reason that we are doing this project you know we could have done this project and we could have we have connections in squatting communities we have connections in uh, all sorts of areas where we could have probably got some form of space to have put on this show and done it on a lower budget and done it primarily for the community but I think one of the main reasons that we're doing this in a theatre at all and charging the ticket prices that we're still charging fringe ticket prices you know but we're charging for the show is because we really want to reach out to the theater going audience. We want to reach out to people who maybe aren't necessarily connected to the community because we want them to come along and be like, Oh, Wait a minute! Like you know, I'd never thought about this before. I'd never, I'd never had you know a sex worker or someone who could be a sex worker come up and tell me their story. And those are the people who are also at the heart of changing these policies. And we really want to reach out to them.
2: Are, but also a lot of people are doing little bits and bobs or contributing to the show in a certain way by helping us put an excerpt on to spread the word and that kind of thing. And we'll give tickets to people who support in that way and volunteers who've helped in different ways.
3: I think a really important point of the to raise as well is that this process we have always been so focused on our community group and the stories that we're representing so that is primarily how we're being inclusive we just have to be able to like at the moment our members are giving up a month of their time and they're not professional actors they haven't chosen this career and they're doing this because they want this their stories heard and they're passionate about it but some of them like have kids at home or people that they're caring for or just have other things that they're doing and they're taking a lot on for doing this project and risking a lot of their safety as well even though we have the 50 percent rule in place like so our priority is to raise enough money through ticket sales to be able to pay everyone fairly. Really, so I think that's
2: because, ironically, yeah. people always associate sex work industry with exploitation. But arts, <clears throat> I'll say no more. <laughs>
4: <laughs> in in terms of you were talking about working with non professionals in terms of acting and dance, you said you wanted to make it fun and inclusive. How was that training process, and how did you lead it, or how did it go? How did you go about doing that?
2: Well, I guess that what we have here is what has consistently been reviewed as and spoken about and tweeted about consistently as well as, as a piece of fierce quality art that breaks through norms in terms of its content in terms of its form but I certainly would consider myself as a community arts practitioner as in my job is to work with people with no necessary experience in theatre or music or dance and to bring out the best in people so on the one hand our group you know sex workers whatever field they might be in are often very natural improvisers and have to kind of learn on the job and pull stuff off last minute and also perform a lot and play different personas in order to tailor to different clients that's a very kind of natural part of the territory on the other hand you know there's something about believing in people and saying to someone hey let's have a go let's be prepared to make mistakes and have fun on stage and actually so many people have come through the woodwork and and haven't sung on stage since they were 13 and then come up and belted out jazz anthems you know um at the top of their voice in incredible jazz warbles so like we've been really blessed actually with this group but also i really believe as a as a vocal coach i believe that everyone can and should sing. It's a very natural part of human experience, and that most people haven't been given the opportunity. We have a particular mentality on this island, especially, of telling seven year olds, You can't sing, which is an incredibly violent thing to do. You don't tell a seven year old, You're not, your addition isn't very good, you're not going to become an architect. You don't say that, but somehow, you know, a lot of teachers seem to feel like they have the authority to tell a kid they can't sing when they're seven years old, and that's a deep cultural violence that we have that's perpetuated. So, one of my dreams as community arts practitioner is to remind you know, fifteen year olds or fifty year olds, you can sing, you should sing, and it's gonna be powerful and audiences are gonna really love it and and receive something from it.
0: How does it work in terms of being like a collaborative effort? So I know that people submit his stories, but how does that work in terms
3: of like, how do you all work together to produce that and show that on stage? Originally, our show was only, basically we all got together for about three days and workshopped a show from scratch essentially and that was the first time anyone had ever met each other and we all got together, we bonded we played trust games and trust exercises which is a huge um, part of how we work as a theatre company Um, because if you're getting together to tell some really uh, vulnerable stories and share some very vulnerable stories, sometimes for the first time because some people are quite isolated some people have a huge community group around them already but some people you know had never talked to other sex workers before so they're sharing very deep and deep emotional things and it's really important to have that group trust and group group solidarity so the first day that we had was completely made up of bonding and trust exercises and then after that the group creativity begun and the way we work is kind of it's a process so all of the stories have been sent in from all over the world we sometimes scatter the stories around and everyone takes their time to connect to one that that really resonates with them and connect to one that maybe doesn't resonate to them as well and then we all share our own stories as well through processes and we do group writing processes where maybe uh, we react to something like for example a prohibitionist rant uh, anti-sex work rant everyone reacts to um, how that makes them feel what they would say if they were retorting to that and then we sort of push it all together and try and make it fit together try and make it rhyme try and make it have some sort of narrative bash out a few chords on the piano and some uh... of the
2: songs and scenes you'll you'll see today were from a particular member based on their particular experience maybe they're told by that member or maybe they're not maybe someone else is telling that story in order to allow it to be more anonymous and also to have a process of telling each other's stories as an act of radical solidarity of like learning someone else's experience that is different to your own that's really important to us and we've asked our group to memorise and tell to the audience a story that really resonates with them from the ones that are sent in from around the world and a story that really doesn't resonate for them because so many experiences are so different in different corners it's really important to empathise across people People are living very different situations to ourselves. But also, so, so yeah, there'll be, there'll be communally written numbers and every line will take from one person's words in a workshop. And then there'll be numbers that are very much based on one person's experience. And, and that's the, act, the community arts job is balancing that, making sure everyone in some place of the show has their own voice coming through. Yeah. Some of their own experience. It's and also character. a
3: process of making sure that everyone... So some of these stories are very powerful, like you may you may watch the show and be like, "Oh my God, like I really resonate with that person telling their story, they're really opening themselves up and showing so much vulnerability, but they're not necessarily telling." their own story they might be telling the story of another member in the group they might be telling a story of halfway someone halfway across the, the world but the point is that we've workshopped together to build that trust to build that openness with each other that we all feel solidarity with these stories and the point of these stories is very much that they are relatable because they're human so even if you're not a sex worker you could be like uh, I, I get that, I understand that, I experience that, I experience that issue with gender, I experience that issue with my family, with my mother, with, you know, whatever. And I think that's the key, really, making it relatable, making specific and relatable and human I think everyone feels a lot of ownership over it which is really beautiful what kind of feedback have you had what
0: kind of responses have you had and if you have had any negative feedback how have you dealt with that
3: so we've uh, been quite lucky in the sense that I think it's quite hard to have negative feedback to it because we're not presenting one story you know one side we're not saying sex work is really great and this is why or we're not saying sex work is awful and this is why we're saying maybe you should listen to sex workers if you want to know what sex work is about so it's very hard to come at it with like oh the is bad because you sound like quite a bad person if you're saying no one should listen to the to to, to sex workers. We've had a good response. We've had people coming along and saying, Oh, I was a bit shaky at first, but actually you answered a lot of the questions that I had been thinking about and really challenged what I was thinking of what a sex worker was or what I was expecting.
2: A lot of teary eyes, a lot of also elation as well, because the journey is quite, you know, powerful and intense, you know, a clashing of worlds, as the independent put it. Um, And it's very journeyful. Yeah, I I don't always believe in art having to use catharsis, but I think that, you know, our our group bring a catharsis to the audience. One that made us laugh and feel confused last night was someone saying, I'm going to go home. It was so great. I feel like a terrible person. And I was like... What do you mean? Oh, all my preconceptions. You 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 showed me all the stereotypes I had in my head, and that I'd learned them from Hollywood. And I knew, you know, that like as a feminist, all these conceptions that I'd had about my own gender growing up were were wrong. And I had to like learn in my teens and twenties that I'd been misguided. But then you showed me all the ways that I still thought about sex work, and I'm really glad that you showed that to me. You know, we don't want you to feel like a terrible person. It's about, but it's fundamentally about building bridges, and I feel like the overwhelming reaction we've had is people saying wow you've opened my eyes, mind, heart and I'm interested to listen and learn more
3: Yeah it it is very much about building bridges the idea that especially between two different forms of feminism for example we have a story that is running through uh, all the different stories um, and it's a story that ties everything together and it's about a sex working daughter and and, an anti-sex work feminist mother and them interrelating in their different forms of feminism and different forms of uh, experiencing active and different forms of age relationships and the mother-daughter relationship, which is just ridiculously complex anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that aim there is to try and build those bridges um, in from two groups that should be united with such solidarity, but there's so much pain and anger there and it's nice to just start to build an act of listening.
4: Thanks so much for speaking to us. Um, I'm really excited it's to see fun.
0: the show.
3: Yeah, we can't wait to
0: see it. So thank you guys and hope it goes really well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. you. That's great. You tell me I know not what I...
0: Now we've seen the show, Leo, what are your thoughts on it?
4: I thought that it approached a lot of really important topics, and as a piece of activism, I thought it was really important. It definitely challenged my views, and I was entertained throughout, so it kind of hits all the spots that I think theatre should do. I would question whether or not it's an opera, and I think the directors
0: do too, so... I'm not exactly sure what opera is. I think we don't know. It sounds like no one knows. It was very varied. It kind something for everyone. But it it kind of did because it's all different kinds of music. There was dance. There was different performance, monologues. Yeah, there was a kind of narrative running through it of a sex worker daughter and her anti-sex worker mother discussing their opposing views, which I think, as any mother or daughter whether you're a sex worker or not, you can yeah, relate you can to, relate that. to yeah. that fractured relationship between a mother and daughter. I think from having spoken to Siobhan and Alex, when they talked about it being kind of very much like a community theatre type mm. project, I think viewing it in that lens, it didn't have to be perfect. Definitely. Um, yeah. And it was just really nice that everyone had their voice as hers, and it seemed like a very like collaborative effort. And, and I, I think, I think given really that,
4: there were some incredible performances. There was some exquisite acting and dancing and singing. And pole dancing.
0: Yeah, I think the pole dancing was something that was just exceptional. I I didn't
4: see it coming and I was so blown away. I saw those people physically on stage, obviously, before they did the pole dancing. Once they'd done the pole dancing, I just saw their bodies completely differently because they'd been perpendicular to it. They'd climbed up it. like they. It was just so... It's an incredible skill. It was. It was really surprising and incredible. It is really
0: important to hear all those voices and obviously as like 50% of the cast is sex workers and 50% are friends of sex workers. It's really important to hear all those voices. But you're right. I think the underlying message is that these voices
4: need to be heard. And they were a lot of the time really unique stories that don't get stage time generally.
0: And I think as well from what they said in the interview, I think their aim seems to be to have those voices yeah, from the sex worker community, which obviously they did. They represented that really well because they had people sending in stories. They had people kind of representing their own personal stories or taking other people's. But I think their aim was kind of to affect policy makers Mm. And I think that they've achieved, you know, something successful there because to a kind of naive audience, you're getting a lot of information and a lot of kind of insight into something that people wouldn't necessarily know a lot about.
4: Definitely. And what really struck me was that they took a stand kind of mid-show against the Norwegian model, which is criminalising clients but decriminalising sex work. But we've both been to like feminism in London and different conferences where the topic of sex work has come up and the Norwegian model is consistently praised. And so hearing from sex work and friends of sex workers they've clearly been speaking with the sex working community that is a really problematic stance to take that's actually an opinion that hadn't really occurred to me for some reason and just for that reason I thought it was a really important piece to see
0: and I think that what they were kind of trying to say the whole time was people are making all these policies and changing all these laws, but they're not actually conversing or discussing these things with the people who actually affect. Mm. So they were kind of saying, you know, as sex workers, this is actually how it will affect us, what, what the, you know, the reality of those laws will be for us. That's kind of an interesting thing about the show in that it kind of did give quite clear explanations of things as well as being really funny as well as being really yeah. like vibrant and yeah. you know touching and all these different things that also had like a very strong political message through it and
4: it was it was touching and it, it was funny I completely agree with you that it did hit all of those spots and that's and for any piece of theatre really impressive
0: what was nice about it as well is it sparked a lot of conversations I think After watching it, I've spoken to, like, people in my family and kind of, you know, explained what we'd seen and tried to have a discussion about, like, what we all actually thought about sex work and why. I think that's been really useful for me.
4: Like, even the title um, is a conversation piece.
0: You know, all the points that are being made were being made very clearly accessible to to anyone watching it. So even if you're, like, a policymaker, if you're a queer, sex-positive feminist, or if you're a radical second-wave feminist, up to the night we saw it, everyone said it, great, standing ovation, everyone loved it. And then I know that subsequently... They said that there were people who were anti-sex work in the audience.
4: It's interesting that people who have an issue with sex work would go to see that. I think that that's, I think that's interesting in itself. It's not called a condemnation of sex work. It's called sex workers' Opera. So they're going to know the kind of angle from the title that it's going to take. So going in there with an agenda to heckle or disrupt, I mean it's rude, first of all, but also maybe it's open-minded. Maybe they could go there and maybe their views were slightly challenged and changed. Who knows?
0: I think anyone's views would be challenged and changed, to be honest. Seeing that I think even if you're a sex worker, you're going to see things there that you might not have experienced yourself. I think, you know, people that we spoke to, which we're going to hear a clip from later on, definitely even if they were sex positive, if they were, you know, pro-sex work, still had views challenged. But those are our views. Don't rely on us. We caught up with some theatregoers after the show to see what they thought of it. Is that- this show was amazing. It goes straight uh, to the heart and breaking every kind of borders that we have. Go and see it. Go and see it. Go and see it. I was
3: surprised by the realism of it. It was. It, it had a real human side to it, and it was also very, very funny. And definitely took the piss out of itself. Yeah, I, I thought it was wonderful.
2: It was very sexy and challenging. I loved it.
3: The songs were very catchy and really brilliant. They're still in
4: my head now. What did you think of the reaction from the audience in the three nights that you've done the Sex Workers Opera?
2: I found that each night the audience reaction has been quite varied, but there's always this thing where you have an awareness that other sex workers, like other family, essentially are in the audience because they laugh at these inside jokes, these little things, and you hear this uproarious cackle coming from the back and you think, Okay, there's a whore in the audience because somebody else understands exactly the context of this.
4: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Although I I always considered myself as someone who who knows about sex work, it challenged me in a way that because we always considered that the Norwegian model which is basically criminalising the... Customers basically is, is, is a is a way to safeguard the sex work, but it's not like I, it, it really challenged me in that way. They are doing some really amazing job, and everyone should really come here and hear it from themselves. I mean, instead of uh, just speculating and and uh, making laws and regulations in
1: in behalf of them. I love the sex workers. Our band awesome. Can't see it. Submit.
5: It's the Sex Workers Opera. Well, I am the mother of one of the performers and I want to bring her home. I think that this sex work is disgusting and I think it should be stopped and I don't want her doing it. It's dangerous and she could get all kinds of diseases and she might get killed and I want to bring her home. And has the show changed your mind? Do you think it's safe
0: or do you think you're still totally against it?
5: Well, there are a few points that they're making that might make me think, but no, she's my daughter and I want her home. I want her in a nice, respectable job. What are those points? No, making you think twice um well well the money issues <laughs>
1: to be your own boss.
5: well that did that did cross my mind because you know i did work many many hours i was a single parent and you know i had to work night and day when i was bringing her up and um yeah running a phone line that whole time don't put ideas into her head for goodness sake honestly i just had to pose a question to her i said simone what would you think if you came home and i decided to be a sex worker I bet that would stop her in her tracks. Don't you think? Did you say that to her? I did. Or did she said say? it. She said, "Well, Mum, I'd come home and I'd say, Mum, are you happy in what you're doing? Are you sure about this? And if you are, then yes, I support you all the way." I bet she wouldn't. <laughs>